Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whenever you're listening to this commentary, I'm Doug. This is Jeremy. And we are here to talk about the 1997 classic, Boogie Nights. Um, We are just past the uh, New Line Cinema logo just a bit ago. Um, So, yeah. Um, Boogie Nights, 1997, directed by your art friend's imaginary peer, Paul Thomas Anderson, who thankfully can also be referred to as an acronym, PTS. That's who I'll be referring to him as. So without further ado, here's Boogie Nights. So we should be opening. Yeah, but it's still on a black screen. <laughs> it takes a while. It takes a little bit, but we start off with a great soundtrack. So, uh, One of my, honestly... Probably one of my favorite compil like decade compilation soundtracks. Um, and of course, uh, the movie opens up with a wondrous one take shot that just takes place in a lone street <laughs> that somewhat has a resemblance of the decade. <laughs> that's pretty close. And, yeah, does a pretty well, good job. I mean, that's aside from maybe Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's kind of how you can get away with it, for the most part. Um, Zodiac is a big um, uh, they have a big criminal offense about that where it's like a lot of it's just CGI'd in where it's, but it's one street oh, that yeah. has some semblance of the decade it's set in oh, Burt Reynolds and Julianne Moore two of their um, two of their best performances maybe not the yeah. best performance but it's up there I think it might be Burt Reynolds' best performance. It's like, I mean, it's his Oscar nom. Yes. But um, <laughs> uh, Louis, but the bar, the club owner, Louis Guzman, um, he's like one of those guys. I actually really, he really adds, uh, really adds a lot to any scene he's in. He he just seems like one of those like friendly, warm, wild personalities that you just want to be around. <laughs> oh yeah, it's good that we're introduced to him first, essentially. Yes. He's the one that sets the scene, sets the mood for this whole uh, first half of the movie. Yep. Oh, there's John C. Riley. Um, Don Cheadle. Oh, my gosh. Don Cheadle. Oh, I, I, can't, I kind of forgot how many. <laughs> this is a big cast of a movie. I forgot. Yeah, there's a ton of people in it. Yeah. Don Cheadle looks looking the same as ever. Oh, my gosh. That man never ages. <laughs> Except for the grays. On his hair. The gray <laughs> That's is, about it. He's starting to get some gray now. This is true. Seven up. <laughs> this wonderful Roller girl. Oh, there's Roller Girl, yep. With Heather thing. Graham. I... Uh Heather Heather Graham is like one of those other actresses wish got like kind of a bigger career. Um She's she's always played interesting characters. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I don't know her. And much else. Really? I mean, because she's usually relegated to, like, the dits. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of That's kind of what she got typecasted in, and that might be the fault of this movie or something else. Uh, she's blonde? Question mark? Uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, here's, of course, Mark Wahlberg. Marky Mark. The big breakout star. <laughs> or at least the this is the movie that really paved all the roads for him. I was going to say, yeah, his uh, his performance on the Sega CD classic, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, Make My Video, <laughs> wasn't quite what he lived up to, or what he thought it would live up to. 
Right. This is uh this is marginally better than that performance. Um, I honestly think this is his only really good performance. Maybe The Departed, but other than that, I, I, I think I think it's kind of known between you and I. I am not a big Mark Wahlberg fan by any means. I I can't say I am either, but I also don't dislike him. He's just, he's kind of right down the middle of the road for me. He does these uh, pretty unoffensive roles. Well, and I think that's why I don't like him. It's just he he plays it too safe, where he's always put in a good light in the characters that he plays. And um, and I was reading in later interviews, like he he regretted doing this movie, even though this is kind of the movie that really made him a a, a film star, or at least capable of being a film star. But um, and if you, f- you first hear that, it's like a clickbait reasoning. It's like, oh, why why doesn't he like Boogie Nights, that's the one that he should be down on his knees thanking this movie, you know? Right, right. But it's like, no, in reality, it's just that he doesn't like playing too many risque roles that he might have to explain to his kids the topics and those issues. And it's like, you know what? I I kind of respect that. I, I get that. He's get, he's, um, he's getting older, so. He is. You know? Um, I, don't, I don't blame so... him whatsoever. No. But, heck, but at the same time, I again, my opinion, I think this is this is his really only good role, um, and it worked in his favor just because he was at that time just kind of like a, a bratty kid, <laughs> and this performance kind of just uh, plays off on that. I think yeah, it he does go through a bit of an arc here, so yeah, not a, not like an incredibly diverse arc, but it is something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was gonna say, uh, even Henry Fonda played bad guys, so you know. Well, Henry Fonda only really played one bad guy. This and, is true. But that, but that's a performance that's like again, and I don't think Henry Fonda regretted that. He did that late in his career. It wasn't like, ah, oh, this is like my first role. I don't know what to do, you know, with my career or how I'm gonna go about it. No, he he was like in his like late fifties when he did that role and he had to get convincing from Eli Wallach to even do it in the first place. I was going to say maybe, maybe Mark will take up a role like this. Well, maybe not like definitely not like this, but uh, no, just, just a, you know, antagonist in the future. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think Mark Wahlberg, he just, he just takes roles that it, it, it just puts him always in a good light. Like he can never do wrong. He can never do bad with his roles. He's always got to be the good guy, badass. And that's where I really got a problem with. It's like, okay, come on, you could do something else. Like Robert Downey Jr. plays the same character, but each of his characters have like different motives, and they're not always seen in the same light. Um, Mark Wahlberg just again, he just picks it safe. He's like, oh, I'm gonna play the the brave soldier. I'm gonna play the brave cop. I'm gonna play the brave um, blowhard. Like even in the other guys, we were talking about this, like. Um, I think he's okay in that movie, but that movie didn't really necessarily need him. They just needed somebody to straight face to play against Will Ferrell. Yeah, I mean, I agree. We, we just completely skipped over that. that we did wonderful um, dialogue between the two of them. I do, I do like the whole. It's just like, ah, yeah, you, you want to see it? It's five bucks, ten bucks. Uh, if you want to see me jerk it off, and <laughs> Burt Reynolds' delivery of that, people pay you to jerk off. <laughs> 
it's pretty it's pretty humorous it's very odd yes very but very their relationship odd. in this movie is really great oh yeah um same i'm trying to think of another burt reynolds movie where he's got like a i know he's done some some movies in his older years his twilight mm-hmm. years so to speak where he's more of a mentor but when i think of him as a mentor i always think of this movie oh easily no, this is this is the old dog showing the new dog all the tricks of the book, you know. Yep. Um, and I kind of feel like, like this is you know one of Burt Reynolds like again he just plays it a kind of with his own like the same role he's always been playing, but it's just like he's realizing he's kind of growing older, and that's what this movie kind of drives home a lot of too. I you know what I don't know how I would feel about it. If I was a huge like sex symbol in the 70s, mm-hmm. and now it's two decades later, and I am now playing a recreation of the <laughs> 70s, I don't know how I would feel about it. So right, I wonder if I want that had to be going through his head. Oh, probably definitely. We gotta remember, like Paul Thomas Anderson really only made like one movie before this. Um... And that's another movie that kind of, you know, uh, Philip Baker Hall. Like, I mean, he, he wasn't really big back in his heyday or anything like that. Um, and he does a movie like Hard Eight. It's just like, you know, it's it's a it's like one of those things where it's like you can still show these actors to shine through, even though their time has passed. Right. And I wonder if yeah, if that's probably a thing Burt was like thinking about. It's like you know, I, it's been twenty plus years since Smokey and the Bandit. What good am I for, anyways? Now. <laughs> <laughs> I just needed some encouragement. I assume. Yeah. And William H. Macy. William H. Macy. And uh I don't know, there's there much to say about this scene with his with his wife. I mean it's gonna set up a lot of the conflict for the first half of the movie, so I'd yeah. say so. Nice just yeah, I kinda, still I kinda shot. wanna I kinda wanna it's like yeah. Again, I PTS is a big fan of the one takes, and I think it shows more in this movie than it does in any other movie. I know this one has an odd kind of grounding to it. Yeah, like when I think of Inherent Vice, it's got a lot of. It's weird. It almost feels like a fantasy in some cases. Well, yeah, a, a just a very drug fueled psychedelic of a movie. Yeah. It's just like it's almost like a fever dream at some points, but not visually, yes. it just story wise. Mm-hmm. Where this is this is much, I don't know. I don't mean to sound like a simpleton or anything like that, but <laughs> I don't know. The story seems more grounded, and honestly, a little bit relatable, as where people are just trying to get by. Yeah. No, and I think that was like a big turn after, like Magnolia kind of set it up where pts was going to go with his storytelling kind of like yeah with that very surreal and i don't think it was really cemented into like punch drug love and then then he did there will be blood which was kind of he kind of reeled back a little bit um especially with the uh the surreal and uh fantasy like aspects but uh then when he did movies like um yeah, and Heron Vice, and then the Master. And then it's just like, yeah, he he just extrapolated on that. Oh, I just love this room. I was gonna say very 
Seventies kid. <laughs> yes. Just has all the posters. Yep. <laughs> you don't see that much nowadays. Oh, kids with posters? Yeah. No. <laughs> or something else. I don't know. I feel like that's not really a room aesthetic choice anymore. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. A mirror shot. That'll come back later. <laughs> oh, man. It comes up at least three or four times in the movie. Mm hmm. So, yeah, that's like an, a recurring thing. Is like, again, I think this is like one of his most structured films. Oh, yeah. Because they don't, after this, it, they get more or less and less. <laughs> they don't have a foundation. They don't, they don't have as, as much as a foundation. This has a really good introductory scene mm -hmm. which helps yes i think i think we see almost every character at the beginning there at least all the main characters all the main characters you see everybody at the club even john c Riley. <laughs> <laughs> oh who plays that mom she looks familiar very 70s looking uh Breakfast here. Yep. I, I the details they they got in this are pretty good. I, I, the wallpaper and the yep. wood paneling, everything. No, it's all great. <laughs> I love the look of the houses, the production design. It's great. And obviously, this is one of uh, this is based off of one of PTS's. Sorry, PTAs. Um, oh, first, I keep uh, calling PTS, don't I? Yes. I'm. I'm. I'm <laughs> that's my bad. Um, one one so, of his uh, early shorts. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was just called Dirk Diggler. Dirk Diggler, yeah. Really set the baseline uh, for this movie. Obviously, he fleshed it out a lot more. I think it was only like 20 minutes long, but uh, kind of showed where things would go. Obviously. Yes. Oh, and I like this kind of sets up Don Cheadle's um, character too for the rest of the movie. He's always trying to go against type, even though everybody's telling him otherwise. And he just wants to open up a radio shop. He just wants his radio shop. <laughs> yep. Trying to make money for that radio shop. Mm-hmm. Again, some nice shots of all this old AV tech. <laughs> I was going to say, I bet you're just loving this. I mean, you got the 8-track, the reel-to-reel. <laughs> there's, there's a ton of stuff to look at here. I mean, record players and everything is, of course, coming back. I mean, you and I were uh, proponents of that, but uh, I don't I don't see, unlike you, like I don't see everybody like going to be like, oh, I need to hear that reel-to-reel sound or that 8-track sound. <laughs> I need that. I do have an 8-track, but it doesn't work. So. <laughs> <laughs> I like the... the... Go ahead. I was gonna say no. I just like how the boss like immediately knows what this kid's gonna be doing, playing country music. Yep. <laughs> so he wants to show like... off that full body of sound that this eight track player can can produce. Yep. Doug, come on. It's like if somebody like was trying to sell me a record player and then they just started playing Garth Brooks <laughs> <laughs> or Kobe Teeth. <laughs> Yes, and a wonderful bubble top. 
Uh, if I could play in the background <laughs> there. But I always see those bubble taps. I think of the uh, the Malk in the Middle episode when the uh, Brian Cranston pulls out his oh, he's... <laughs> and starts playing uh, Stuck in the Middle with you. Right. But he manages to keep getting interrupted, and all he wants to do is listen to his records. <laughs> it's like, I know that vibe. Yep. Happens even today. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're at school. And now we're at school. Which is interesting to think about that um, both Dirk Diggler and Roller Girl I believe are still in high school. Yeah. Well, it's kind of just to hammer home the fact that it's like, and that's like kind of even the case today. It's like most are like they start off like right there at 17 and 18, you know. Well, you definitely can't start at 17 anymore. I no, think maybe well, for obvious reasons, yes. <laughs> I think you probably could have back in these days. Um, Gotten away with it, yeah. Um, a playmate in 1958 was uh, 16 years old when she was um, when she was shot. Yeah. Uh, this guy. We're going to see him later. Oh, boy. That'll oh, be exciting. Nah, but he's got a face you just want to punch. Good typecast or good casting there. <laughs> I don't think he's typecasted as a guy who's. I, I haven't seen him in anything else, so he's definitely not typecasted. I, I can't. Like that, I, 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 I mean, if all you have to go off on is just like weird pervy dude in a high school <laughs> in your IMDb page, then I don't think much or you're much is going to come out of that. Yeah. He <laughs> doesn't have to do much. And then, uh, yeah, I. This is something I totally forgot about. So he's got a girlfriend at the beginning, I believe, yep. right? I'm pretty sure. That yeah, no, they're, they're they're dating. Yeah. Gosh, it's a tiny bed. It is a tiny bed. Both very childish. But again, yeah, no, I like again Mark Wahlberg. He actually is like he's just a little douche in this. It's perfect. Yep. But that is one thing that kind of annoys me. I don't know. I don't know if it's just me, but it's just like I could do without everybody just having a comment on his piece like every five minutes. Well, well, I mean, maybe not but so it's frequently. To, it's, it's supposed to drive that home, yeah. I think it, he's got what, like, supposedly a a ten inch, eleven inch, some I, something crazy ridiculous, like the biggest so, I've yes. ever seen. So. <laughs> Or at least big enough. Yeah. Well, there's a little Dutch angle. <laughs> Smoking the weed, just like everyone else in the 70s. Yeah, everyone else. I keep wanting to call him Jackie Treehorn. <laughs> I, right, yeah. He's not in that movie, though, Doug. Come on. But his name's Jackie. It is Jackie, though. And he's a porn producer. <laughs> just just think just think horny, okay? It's Jack Horner. We'll, we'll get Jack through this Horner. together, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> and here's uh, the test. I think, oh, yeah. I, I think that you could separate this into a hero's journey. Uh, oddly enough 
I, I, I actually do kind of want to get into that because I think this is a movie that takes the hero's journey and reverses it. Almost. Almost. Or at least in a sense that it uh it definitely does not go down in a hero in how a usual hero's journey by the time the uh the midway point of the second act. Yeah. It definitely starts off like it though. It hits all those beats. All those yes. really really hero's journey beats. It does. But then everything it just goes downhill from there. And then yeah, yeah. There'll be a certain point. We'll we'll make note of it. We'll definitely let it, everybody know. It, yeah. It's a definitely definite de-escalation. I was gonna say it's a spiral. But I'm not I mean, I want to say I mean the most obvious and that's why I was like I kinda of wanted to go in there too, is like when when is it exactly when that downfall starts to begin because the easy part is to say new year's but i i wonder if there might be a little hint before then you know i would say any scene with william h macy in it is <laughs> well is a hint his, his character i just i i know we're supposed to be like talking about the who creed and we kind of skipped over william h macy and his wife who's just cheating on him and, and is he's just a pushover yeah um because you just can't help but feel just so... He's just a sad sack. Yep. Well, when your wife does porn and you're the one filming it, I assume that it gets to you at some point. Mm. Well, maybe you just need to be more secure than that guy. I... I, I <laughs> man, yeah, I don't know what I would do. I probably wouldn't be filming anymore. That's for sure. But, um... Not quite the call to action yet, but I think this is this is like the uh, the old sage. Yes, know, giving him the rundown. Well, wouldn't the call to action be like his it, first take? It's it's gonna it's coming up. It's we see his uh, living situation at home. Yeah, and uh, I think this is where he asks him to to work with him, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. Well, that's what I'm saying. He like comes in like they. And they do a shoot together. Like, that's what I think is basically, yeah, the call to action right there. Oh, I think it's also when his dad's getting on him, too. So, or his mom. His mom's in there just ripping all of his posters up. But I do like this scene here because it kind of shows off his vision and his, uh, his dissatisfaction with how the industry is going towards. And you could say, like, this is, like, because that's kind of what happens by the time uh, the 80s pull around and the industry itself becomes more automated and less artistic. Yes. Um, which you could always say is like, well, they were never artistic to begin with. It's like, well, was the say, guy, he's based off of, you could say there there was certain art to it. Um, I was going to say even before um, the director who this is based on, uh, there was mm-hmm. Valley of the Dolls, so yeah was Valley of Dolls it was I pretty thought that... it was pretty racy for the time it was pretty racy but I don't see I wouldn't say it was like exactly because I know Sharon Tate's character was the one that ends up becoming a porn star yeah I've, I've heard for the time it, I feel like that's what got the ball rolling mm-hmm. but yeah. by, the, by this point uh 
42nd Street was definitely a, a staple in the triple uh, yes. X market. So things had definitely become solidified by 77. Yes. Now nah, maybe this is the call to action right here. Yeah, this is yeah. Uh, this is it. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> what do you think of Roller Girl? <laughs> going through cabinets. Nice blocking too. You know, get some stuff yes. going on in the background. Nope, I think I think PTA that's another good strong suit of his. He he knows he and I'll I'll give I'll give my friends who are like big big fans of his. I'll get I'll give I'll give PT his credit where it's due. He really knows how to create a frame. Oh yes. And <laughs> it was like he's like he's like nervous. He's <laughs> sweaty. Got to put on a record. Yep. No panties, no nothing. Oh, yeah. Bam. Yep. You gotta be ready at any point, apparently. Are you gonna take your skates off? <laughs> I don't. I don't take my skates off. <laughs> that is. <laughs> he's just sitting there. He's just sitting there watching. Like, yeah. Oh, that's a very. Well, he's framing it up in his sleazy. mind. Sleazy. Yeah. Oh, uh oh. I could say this is a plot point too. The falling out with his mom. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. She is just she is just filmed in the coldest light she possible. Is, yeah. <laughs> Obviously done deliberately. Yes. Very, very, very blue hued. Very, I'm not quite Wes Anderson, but it's kind of there. Wes Anderson would be way more deliberate, though. Oh, easily. Which is both his uh, his strength and his downfall. But that's a different director for another time. Mm -hmm. Well, that's another. That's he's a very geometric. Yes. Director. Say goodbye to that Corvette. <laughs> She's literally tearing off the American dream. Yep. Well, she's literally like tearing him down piece by piece. Yep. This does make me sad, though. Oh, I know. This is this is kind of this is really heartbreaking. And then you got the dad, who's just like has to deal with it. It uh, yeah, it just all sucks. Yep. But this is uh, <laughs> this is how somebody got into the industry back then, I guess. When he got nothing left left to lose. Yeah. Or he feels like he's got nothing left to lose. Well, I mean, for him, him specifically, I don't know. I can't say for other stars. Yeah. Um. But this is this is kind of just forcing him into a corner where it's just like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna be somebody. I if you had, I wonder if you had different parents. If uh, 
if this whole story would have even happened. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, it's the pacer. Yep. Well, pacer shot. Mm-hmm. Hey, here we are. Here we are. This is the pool party. The pool party, where we really get to meet uh, everybody in a little bit more depth. We really get to meet everybody else, yeah. Aside from, like, Don Shield, you don't really John C. I mean, he was in the beginning, but you don't really meet John C. Yeah, you don't. They, they just kind of flash up on the screen, essentially. Yeah. This is where you get some real introductions. Mm-hmm. Now that, now that, you know, we got the quick introduction earlier just to set the mood, and now we get the, um... Well, now, I mean, because, yeah, no, now he's... Now we get to the meat um, of it. Dirk is supposed to be, like, your... He's supposed to be kind of, like, your, uh, exposition <laughs> guy. Yep. You, there he is. He's the audience with you. There's John. Oh my god. God, John's awesome. I love I love '90s John C. Riley because he was just like in just about everything, and he just had that certain charisma. <laughs> he he adds charisma to just about every movie. Oh, easily, including King Kong. What's that movie? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, he's the only uh, good part in Skull Island. <laughs> Skull Island. Yeah. Oh, I love this scene. I think this was improv. I, I assume that a good number of these scenes were improv. Yep. <laughs> no BS. Oh, I drove by Torrance. What's that? <laughs> no, name dropping LA places. I see. Okay. Uh -huh. I'm a dirty Midwesterner. <laughs> I ain't never been there. <laughs> yeah, we're just kind of sitting here enjoying this. Uh... Yeah, devil. no, I. Because <laughs> yeah, no, I I love their relationship in this movie. Oh man, it goes through some ups and downs, doesn't it? <laughs> it goes through some certain downs, yeah. <laughs> but uh, they always do seem to be hanging out. Good, good friendship. Maybe mm -hmm. too. Got some. Eric Burden and more. Yep. The music changes a little quickly for me here, but yes, it's fine. Oh, here's a a nice reference to Taxi Driver. At least I think yes. it is. I assume it is. And by nice, I it's not nice. No. <laughs> no. 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 Oh, I was gonna say this. Oh, I almost forgot about her. How could you forget? This is this has been one of the main sticking points. I, I was gonna say, yeah, no, I almost forgot. It's very detrimental. Yes.
<laughs> this is their version of the Playboy Mansion. Yep. <laughs> I always wonder how how Don Cheadle. I wonder, I wonder how Don Cheadle got into this uh, situation. You know, auditioned. I guess he auditions, <laughs> just like everybody else. But um, I'm always, I'm always curious about like Louis Guzman's character. Sorry to cut you off. I just find it interesting. Like he's a club owner. He's kind of a, a fairly successful guy, yet he still wants to be a porn star. <laughs> hey, he's got the ego, man. Mm-hmm. Make some money on the side. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think what it would be like the I, I I'd like to see a battle royale of like which movie out seventies the other between like this um American Hustle you know movies that were made post nineteen seventies to be about the seventies oh man um I mean there's there's definitely a couple up there but this one I don't know this one does a really good job uh, yes. what, what's the other one uh, nice guys. Nice guys. That one, um, that was almost like Stranger Things, kind of like just like almost shoving it too much in your face. But I, I always like to go back to like, this. This has a unique take on the seventies. It's because like even during the seventies, people weren't all this happy. <laughs> yeah, and I think we've even talked about this in length of just how like even the movies in the seventies were just very reflective of the time. And this is one of the few movies that was even about the seventies that kind of just make it feel optimistic oh, I almost want to believe it's from uh, Mark's Dirk's point of view right he's still a kid yeah. when you're a kid like when my dad was a kid or your dad was a kid or mm -hmm. anybody from that time like and you're younger you don't think about that mm -hmm. stuff you just right now you see all the color and TV shows and everything else you're not really yeah, worried about all, oil crisis all colors of the 70s mustard brown and <laughs> olive drab sepia tone doug come on and sepia tone yes but uh um, such vibrant colors yep but as uh, as dirk gets older starts seeing the world a little differently so yeah that's that's my own little take on it i don't i don't know if that's true or not Gosh, various. I've been in that kitchen before. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just at a relative's house. Just I've been in that kitchen. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what the beer is in the background. Can't quite. Ah, oh, it's quite probably it. it's probably just some random brand or some made up one. Yeah. Do you think Roller Girl gets in the pool with her roller skates on? Won't surprise me. <laughs> oh, it's Julianne Moore's daughter. <laughs> Always on the phone. Again, the costume, the costumes, and everything. then they, oh, oh, yep, yeah. and they cut to, 
to who Maggie was. Yeah. Matt is. And definitely an uh, official introduction now. Yeah. Like in very 70s, the hoop earrings. <laughs> oh, poor William H. Macy. <laughs> like, I think this is, even after a few years after uh, Fargo, like, this is, like, his saddest performance. <laughs> this is, well, I mean, I've never seen it, but I know that TV show. Oh, Shameless. Shameless. That's going to well, be a little sad. But he's an asshole in that one. Okay. I guess I guess he's not an asshole in this. He's just kind of a schlub. It's like the same dialogue as from earlier. Yep. What the fuck are you doing? What does it look like she's doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's my wife. <laughs> it's like the same quotes. Well, that's how you know that uh, it's probably been going on for a little while now. Uh, Ricky J. Repetition. Uh, he's got my favorite line. Later in the movie, definitely. Oh, he does. When we get there, yep. No, Ricky Jay is like one of those guys. Like I could, I could watch his magic, like magic tricks and stuff like that, as like ASMR. He was, <laughs> he was, he was on a whole other level. Which is why I'm surprised you don't even get. I don't, I don't know. Is there a scene where he's at least shuffling cards in this movie? I don't think so. <laughs> We'll have to keep an eye out for it. Maybe we've just never yeah, noticed before. No, I was going to say, maybe I need to keep an eye out for that now. Because, I mean, in Deadwood, he plays the... He's the he's the card table master, so he's, like, always shuffling cards. <laughs> <laughs> he's with Powers Booth. I was going to say, they put him in the right role then. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Rest in peace. One of three actors that I can think of in this movie that are dead. <laughs> yep. A little sad. But, you know, that's what happens. Yeah. You know, it, it just is, happens, you know. It, it is... It is crazy that, that it, she's just doing it right there. It's just, <laughs> and like, it's, fun. And it's still in the frame. It's still going. It's, just, it's, <laughs> it's like... That's pretty, that's pretty intense, man. That guy can keep it going. That was like full five like, minutes, man. Yeah, it's the colonel. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, everybody is just an asshole in this scene. Yeah. first real uh but it's 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 just like they they've been through this yeah it's just like how how procedural he's about it and it's interesting to us because this is the first real like shock that we have in the movie everything else has been going pretty well you know it's like pretty yeah. lighthearted. then you'd slap on the face Ugh. and the way that everybody reacts to it is also shocking so yeah. Good good just... good way to introduce uh how these oh. characters act and think. Oh, here's Philip. Very nice Philip. Oh my gosh. 
he's uh it just it just makes me sad seeing him on screen sometimes because he's just he's great yep he's he's just so awkward in this movie <laughs> <laughs> like he just never feels comfortable in his own skin which i guess that plays is, with his character that and is that's definitely his character point. yes that's <laughs> definitely his character <laughs> i forgot about the little uh vignetting yes he is locked on now yep what's his role in the uh in this movie though is he like the is he a camera I think he's operator the, he's the, yeah no he's the boom mic guy boom mic guy okay yeah yeah i'm pretty sure yeah he's the boom mic guy no but um because there's a lot of there's a lot of psh uh or pta regulars in this movie and philip seymour Hoffman, the biggest one yep um because I mean, he was even in a small role in Hard Eight, um, and he he was great in that, just like heckling uh, Philip Baker Hall, and just like, yeah, he's just like the biggest, most annoying person. It's it's just perfect. He was just he was just really good in small moments, stuff like that. I think that was like his real strong suit. He started off as the uh, as a working actor, so yeah, makes sense. That's where he got his craft down. Mm-hmm. The colonel represents probably the worst thing about the industry itself. Oh, yeah. He's just... He's got this creep, creepy... <laughs> I love, I love this expression. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to make me a lot of money. You're making a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. Like That's, that's his thinking right there. It's perfect. Yep. And he doesn't, he does not change emotion whatsoever. He's no. permanently got a smile on his face. Ugh. No, but I, I do like that. It's not just, it's not just focusing on the one aspect of the industry itself. It's also focusing on like the, the real power makers. Yep. And the ones that are really behind it and what they say goes. Um, all the different personalities yes. <clears throat> during this era. <laughs> yeah, just about any time both of them are on screen, it's hilarious. it's perfect. Because him and Jackie, of course, it's the father son, but then with the. Dude, they're just they're just brothers. It's perfect. Oh yeah. Ah, oh, here comes Bert, baby. Oh. Jumping in. The silver fox himself, literally. He <laughs> <laughs> always always smoking a cigar. Yep. Yeah, not much to say during these scenes. These are all very no. well filmed, and you, you just yes. kind of want to take it in. So, I was gonna say, kind of like um, that's like one of the main reasons, like I, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because that's a movie I could just get lost in. This, um, yeah, you know what? They do kind of have a similar 
similar feeling to him. Well, yeah. Um, there it is. There's the name. Sorry. <laughs> yep. I do, uh, that's no, I, I do not like. I do not like that shot as much. You probably do. I think it's hilarious. It's got the yeah. neon. It's sparking. Yes. It's it's over the top. It does conflict a little bit with what Jack Horner is as a dire- who wants to be as a director, but we'll get right. to that when we get to the uh, to the actual film scenes later on. <laughs> But yeah, Once Upon a Time in, uh, in Hollywood, they both had the same kind of level of uh, setting the era. Yes. And just the whole malaise about it with uh, the main the main characters' like careers. Oh, yeah. Actually, it's kind of funny. They're, they're at opposite ends. Yeah. Nope, it definitely is. It's perfect. Like I said, we'll get to we'll get to good old QT once we get to those uh, those film scenes later on. <laughs> good name. I just, I just love all the behind-the-scenes like, aspects of this. I know. It's stuff that you don't get to see. You never no. see the, you never see the behind-the-scenes on sets like this. No. The, um... Kind of how, like... It's kind of... Kind of would be a little awkward. Oh, yeah. No, it has to be. It has to be. And that's... It's... What's so interesting about this film to me is it it's shows a part of the, uh, the film industry... That is so covered up, and uh, at least in America. I'm not too sure about other countries, um, but at least in America, I would, I would say I would say America can be a little bit more liberal about it. I mean, um, well, I mean, when I'm thinking like Denmark and uh, <laughs> Norway, Romania, some of, some of those some of those countries over there, man, they they just got a different outlook on it than uh, us Americans. But true. Amsterdam, Again, Amsterdam especially. Uh, there's another yep. mirror scene, by the way. So. Yeah. Got to get pumped up, man. <laughs> that was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, it's just little things. He's like holding the clipboard off by the pen in his mouth. Oh yeah, he's like <laughs> nibbling on it. Could you? Could you? Could you get more? Really fixated. Yeah. <laughs> Again, that's just him as an actor, though. I'm. I'm mm-hmm. I'd like no, to believe that he great. that he put that in there. Oh yeah. No, I think he was one of those one of those guys who just knew what the character needed to do at that moment yep. and would tell the director that, not the other way around. Right. And PTA listens, so. Yes. There you go. These are. Uh, and I think. Film was collaborative. Because um, when we get to it, because I do, I do want to do the comparison because I feel like PT and QT, Quentin Tarantino are basically on the same career paths, and they still kind of are, where they're just they just want to make what they want to make. But I think that's like one good comparison is that they they just really love their actors, and they let them flow. They let they let them flow, but it's not um, Russell levels. No, 
of no, just it's not. mass chaos. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you brought that up because it got a way to tie it back into American Hustle. Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, Which, I know that. We should, we should say it's David Russell, right? David O. Russell, yeah. David O. Russell. Um, like he wants to be David O. Selznick. <laughs> yeah. But I assume, if anybody's listening to this, um, I assume that most people have seen American Hustle. So, I would say probably, I think more people have probably seen American Hustle. That at least of our people that we know have seen American Hustle more than they've seen this one. I I have to and believe I think that's that true. Change. <laughs> I have to believe that's true. So, I, I assume that we don't have to give David O. Russell any kind of introduction, but. You, you, if you've seen American Hustle, you, you've seen actors just kind of doing their own thing, and that's yeah, definitely just different. going out of control. Yeah, that's definitely different than a, than this movie. Mm-hmm. No, they're it's like at least they're letting the the actors breathe a little, but at least they have their um at least PTA at least has like a, a grip on everything. They at least know when to reel them in a little bit to keep the story going. At least for this film, yes. maybe not maybe not so much for his later films, but this one for sure. Mm-hmm. This kind of reminds me of the nice guys. Too. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is when it gets uh, a little corny. Yes. Um, and I guess a, I kind of I kind of want to wait till they do the spoof. Yes, the the James because, Bond spoofs. Yes. Um, because these parts they just don't feel cinematic and that, and you're and you're right that, that kind of does go in con- in contrast or conflict with what uh Jackie Horn's character wants to do i i will forever be in conflict about those scenes and like i said <laughs> we'll just wait till we get there they they're awesome but we got to discuss didn't you them. Say, like you, you you consider this like one of your top 5 films this is one of my top 5 films easily okay Everybody, everybody on set <laughs> has to take a second. Again, I I do like that. It's just seeing people's reactions. Oh, I love William H Macy's here. <laughs> and of course, him. Philip Seymour. Phil, Philip Seymour Hoffman is like, oh my god. God, she said that so straight and matter of factly. <laughs> it's perfect. That's because Julianne Moore is a oh, classy she's class actress. A. She is. She is. She's, a she's about actress. as good as you can get. She is great, even for a skeevy film like this. <laughs> Actually, I think she'd probably be too good. She she'd probably go to do other things, but that's beyond the point. Yep. Ever she's topless again for another '90s movie. Yeah, this is kind of now. I'm starting to see why maybe Mark does regret this. <laughs> like, what if his kids came across this? Oh, they, they will. They will. You can't uh, hide it later on. Later on, though. <laughs> see Ricky J. Oh my God, just perfect. <laughs> <And> then... <laughs> 
Oh, that's a great shot. Again, awesome. It's inside the mm-hmm. camera. It's upside down. Yep. Obviously, when you take a photo, it's taken upside down, mm-hmm. backwards. I feel like that doesn't need to be said either, but a very interesting shot. You know, you don't normally see. That it's like you of... normally don't see filmmakers get creative like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's one of the better ones. Yeah. Oh. But his don't make money. End of the film. Well, I know why this one didn't make money. It's like a death sentence to try and make something on the industry. Yeah. Okay. Gotta change mags. Gotta change reels, which is very important. Very important uh, little detail there. <laughs> I like it. He's still a little insecure. This is this is, looks sexy. <laughs> <laughs> this does kind of remind me of the Jackie Treehorn movie, though, and um, yes, Big Lebowski with the plumber. The no, the cable guy. Cable guy, thank you. Yeah, Peter Stormare. Because the uh, <laughs> the plumber's the um, the um, as we see, button is shot. Mm-hmm. I got distracted. I was gonna say another another again. I keep saying when I say Jackie Treehorn, and then of course there's Maude Lebowski. Yes. <laughs> Gotta really get that camera in there. Which I can't tell if this is supposed to be the camera filming. Because it's just on a tripod, right? Right. No, they they already showed from what angle it is. Okay. That's I think that's just PTA being again creative. Okay. I assume that this is probably <laughs> <laughs> probably not a good thing to do. Uh, by 1977, a couple years before. Before, yeah. Before, uh, yeah. Uh, before <laughs> AIDS. Yeah. Yes. Might as well do it now, I guess. Won't get any better. <laughs> Which, eh, spoilers. Yep. <laughs> so, it's not incredibly clear what Burt Reynolds and Julianne Moore's relationship is, right? No, I I think they're just colleagues, and together. I think it's supposed to be like that. Yes, but um, I always felt like uh, Jack Horner, Burt Reynolds' character. Yeah, as a little um, he gets jealous of him. I I, I assume. Hmm. <laughs> 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 Oh, it's great stuff. Um, again, yeah. Now we got to get the. Uh, uh, now you got to get. Now you got to uh, get pimped out. You got. It's the nineties. You need. You need that. That you, clothing montage. You do need a clothing <laughs> montage for the nineties. Okay. <laughs> and he's jumping, and kicking around like uh, like Bruce Lee does. Yeah. 
back to the club. Uh, they're back at the club. <laughs> yeah, he's got another lady with him. Just picked another one up off the street, assuming. Assuming, just like yeah. <sighs> but you got a nice, uh, nice pinball machine in the background. Two pinball machines. Two pinball machines. Yes. Seventies. You gotta have uh, some pinball I like, machines. I like, no, I did like that. They had the little uh, astrology <laughs> dialogue there. The, oh yeah. Astrology. Pisces, yeah. Yep. I feel like that was a big thing in the 70s. What are you talking about? It's still a big thing. Been on a couple dates. I've been on a couple dates with ladies who like astrology. Yeah, you do you do get the filters on some of the apps. Ah there's cards. Oh there it is. But it's not it's not the right uh it's not the right right actor. And Don Chino is always wearing the crazy Western jackets. Oh, I love it. It's it's awesome. I think it's great. And he's always playing oh. country music too. So, yes, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess that's a little meta. <laughs> What's that? He's like, we're gonna try and do this all in one shot. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, if you got hit by one of those roller skates, though, while filming, that would hurt. That would hurt. Oh, when's your uh, when's your Ricky J line? It's it's way way it's way far into the movie. It's about another hour or so. Spanish pantalones. Spanish pantalones. (laughs) Right to Forty Second Street with you. You know, this is just one big montage sequence, I guess. And this God, this I... would uh, this would probably be published in Playboy. I was gonna say I I can't think of any seventies publication that would do reviews. Um, well, <laughs> these films, Penthouse definitely did. I'm not as yeah. I'm not as familiar with Penthouse though. All I know is that during this era, Playboy was definitely because they, they didn't talk about the industry at all for a long time. No, and then once Penthouse came out and they were giving them a little bit of a competition, mm-hmm. they started reviewing more of these kind of films. So yeah, I wonder if there is any publications that still do like reviews for um these films. It's kind of I don't know. Well, I mean, there's sites online, I would assume, right? Because there's everything. Like there's a, there's like everything there's like... online. There's like an AV club review out there for <laughs> some Brazzers productions. For some Brazzers, yeah. <laughs> you know, I would I would be surprised if there wasn't, you know? Yeah, Every, I don't know. Everybody's got to be doing I don't, minded, I, so. I don't know if I'm willing to really look it up, though. I, I'm, I mean, <laughs> what are you going to find? Yeah, exactly. I, I imagine that most productions nowadays don't have any kind of storyline to them at all. So what's the point of reviewing them? Right, yeah. Because they're not, they're not, they're not sold as really like movies then, like then, they were in the day, you know. Yeah, when you went to the porno theater, it was an mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. So nowadays it's just not. 
That's just not how it is. And we get to see that change. Well, and that's kind of interesting too. Now that we're talking about this. It's like, yeah, there used to be dirty theaters, but now those have been like extinct, and now the movie theaters are extinct. And now the movie theaters are gone too. <laughs> However, it was it was a good thing that the dirty movie theaters. That was that was not that wasn't good. Oh, now we're talking about James Bond character. Yes, this is the this is the birth. Yep. Of that James Bond character. I like that a lot. Is is Jackie like the best dressed guy in this entire movie? I'd say or so. Or just the coolest looking. I, I'd say, well, I mean, definitely his face. He, he yeah. looks very. Again, he's got that mentor kind of look to him. Mm-hmm. It, it looks like he knows what he's doing. No, I'm just talking. I'm just talking with the costume design. But definitely the costume design in this. Whoever, we might have to look it up. Whoever did it. Did a fantastic job. I yeah, I gotta applaud it. We it, like... it's it's something that if it's not right, you notice it immediately. Mm-hmm. But if it's good, you don't you don't see it at all. So one of those kind of jobs where they don't get enough thanks. Right. It's the second annual <laughs> Adult Film Awards. Now I do know they still have award shows. Do they? They still have award shows. Yes. Wow, I did not know I... that. I only really know that because, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, when Ron Jeremy got all those assault allegations oh, and yeah. they made sure to pull him and just basically like strip his name of everything in like some big award ceremony that they have for these. And I can't remember. So I think it's like PBN or something like that. I can't, I, I can't remember. <laughs> I, I assume it is adult film shows. Come on. <laughs> yeah. This is this is period correct, Doug. It has to be. Now. It's the second. Oh, it's like the second annual. <laughs> Hadn't been around for that long. Se- no. 71 was the real breakout year for the industry so mm-hmm. so I'm trying to look and see I can't believe there's so many people there for it but it is it makes a lot of money so maybe I'm not that surprised look at me now mom I've got a porno award. Mark Bridges. That's uh, that's the costume oh, designer. Oh, okay, cool. Good job. Good job, Mark. Good job, Mark. <laughs> Not you, Mark. Not you, Mark. <laughs> and all right, here we go. So, these are the uh, the scenes that we're mentioning a little earlier on. Yes. So I know you don't like them, and they're they are at odds with the film. I will give it that. Yeah, so this was this is like the main critique I think that uh, Quentin Tarantino had was like uh, uh, the director and producer that uh, Jackie Horn is supposed to be based off of um, was that these movies just looked so low budget, cut cheap, like even at the time. Yeah, which they um, do, they do. They and then you can kind of applaud it with that, but then like later on, like they just get it gets worse from here. And I think that was like his main thing. And I guess the the director that Jackie's based off of was actually really good about it, to make it look more like a film 
not like a like more like a B film, not like a C film like this. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, he was a, he was a director of Deep Throat, so yeah, that was that got mainstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably reviews. that's probably like the most famous one. It is, yeah, definitely to the point where uh, FBI informant chose it as his code name for yes. Carol Bryerstein and Bob Woodward to uncover the Watergate, Watergate scandal. That is literally what it is. When I was a kid, I thought it can't be that, or not a kid, you know, in high school. Yeah, but this like, stuff, they... like right here, they, it's just it just comes off as just. Oh, but I love it. It comes off like high school film. It comes. It is definitely a high school film level. Mm-hmm. Like, that's uh, what, man, that's what I cannot help. I cannot help but love this scene. This <laughs> stuff is absolutely hilarious. I mean, it's funny, but I, 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 I guess I'm like curious where it's just like I would. He, like one of those guys who goes all the way. I'm sorry, you're gonna have to repeat it. I was laughing too much at John C. (laughs) Riley breaking through boxes, like kicking dudes over. He's like just spinning around. (laughs) I don't know. This is is just so entertaining. It's so cheap. It's so cheap. It's cheesy. But again, man, it's just it just conflicts with the whole movie's theme. Brock Lanters. Anyway, so what and, are you saying? And the fact that he he even says like, I think this is my best work yet, you know. No, no, this is this is where it, it's at odds. Where he says it looks like a real film, Jack. I think it's coming up right now. Yeah. Um. Well, it's not. It's not a. <laughs> but the emotion and the the music and the pace of it, mm-hmm. it makes it feel like it's a real movie, even though it's clearly, it's clearly just crap. Yes. Hilarious crap, but it's crap. Um, <laughs> I, I like that shot with the, the floating yep. champagne flute. It was great. <laughs> um, anyway, so what are you saying? I, I cut you off earlier. Yeah, we're kind of well past it. <laughs> I mean, nothing's really happening right now. No, this is just this is just another like excuse for them to like party all the time and feel good and just to show off what his money has got him <laughs> and his success has got him. Like a, a crappy painting of himself <laughs> and initials on it. Yep. Another crappy painting. Oh god! Like he he chose like the worst seventies interior choice. <laughs> what are you talking about, Doug? These are the best. These well, will not. These will this not age. Great. <laughs> whatsoever. God, this look like my feel. Does look like. My grandmother's grandmother's sheets. The crawls like the karate blanket, really? Yes. <laughs> oh, another mirror shot. And there's there's another mirror. Yeah, I wonder why mirror appears. You can't you can't see yourself in that mirror. What do you use that mirror for, Doug? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Even though it's kind of funny, we already saw the Corvette at the uh, the very beginning of the movie on the street. Oh, yeah. But I love that eventually Philip Seymour Hoffman just tries to emulate everything Dirk Diggler and the car he gets. He's a hero of some kind. Yeah. To him. She don't know why early on, but you know, we'll figure it out later. This is my least favorite of the Corvette designs. It's... Well, it's not the LT4. I think the LT4 is my least favorite. So, yeah. 
It's definitely not the bottom. <laughs> oh my god. He's got nunchucks with him. Oh my god. Literally every time I watch this this part, I, get, I can't help but... Ah, it's just so funny. It's and it's. I think it's entirely because of John C. Riley. John C. Riley sells the schlockiness. Oh, I mean, I, I I just love that line. It's like, now let's go get some Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> it's so funny. Anyway, here's the line. It's a real film, Jack. It's definitely not. I'm sorry, Jack. No. But in the spirit of the movie, sure. and I'm I'm so conflicted about it. Cause I, yeah, like the rest. Again, like PTA, he's the guy that literally goes all in, and you know, it's not like he he could have pushed that a little bit better. Yeah, that's that's my main thing. It just felt like, I mean, this might be too harsh, but it just felt like he was a little lazy. It's, it's... like I just that's it. I mean, yeah, it's cool and comedic and fun in the spirit of like. Um, that sense, but it still just feels like um, We're it just feels like a high school production. Yeah, thematically it doesn't work. No, it's it is it is definitely the most conflicted part of the movie for me. Because mm-hmm. I love them. I love I love those scenes. They're so much fun. Yeah. But at the same time, that's that's the last we're gonna see of them. Yeah, because this is this is the big plot point. Um, you were talking about hero's journey, so what is the step that this part will closely align with? Well, this is a shift in tone. I, I <laughs> this it doesn't directly affect uh, Dirk Diggler. It does not just directly affect Dirk Diggler, but it definitely affects the atmosphere around everything Dirk around it. Yeah, it, it, everything around it. It leads to uh, the the actor's lowest point. Nope. There's Philip Baker Hall. Another PTA regular. Yep. Drive a seat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Meet boys. Meet girls. <laughs> Jeez, they just look strung out. Back when the industry had suits at the head, which is also mm-hmm. kind of strange. I don't think you see that anymore. But I, I do like that Philip Baker Hall. He's basically he's he is literally coming in, showing off what the what's going to be new. Yep. With the industry, it's perfect. The first little glimpse yeah. of <clears throat> where things are about to go. Oh yeah. Really, this this scene could probably just as well encapsulate everything that the movie stands for this is the jurassic park discussing table discussion yes. scene yes oh my god he, he kind of looks like uh dave chappelle in a rick james costume i was gonna say he looks like rick james he looks like um uh, eddie grant. no not not eddie grant no um, summer hot yeah Oh my god, I almost forgot. Thomas Jane. Thomas, yeah, Thomas Jane. This is his introduction. Oh. Oh, he's great in this too. Oh yeah. 
He's the Magnum PI stand-in. Yes. Which he does look fairly convincing as a Tom Selleck. Yeah. But no, he's, uh, I mean, he's great in the other scene this movie's famous for, too. Everybody, everybody focuses on Alfred Molina, but I think he gets, he should get credit in that scene, too. Oh, they both sell it. They well, both sell it. Everybody's, everybody in that scene is very <laughs> great. Good. Yeah. That's so, why I think that's the most remembered scene in the entire movie. I could be wrong, though. Yeah. Yeah. The Sister Christian scene. Sister Christian scene. <laughs> this is looking a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, no, I like it. It's like, yeah, it's going into 1980. It looks like a Prince Rick James crossover, and he can't stand it. Takes off his wig. Uh, he's feeling he's he's feeling a little dejected. Not in line with it. Girlfriend, girlfriend left him for an, uh, an astrology-loving man. Yep. Uh... But I would say he's the only one that kind of gets a happy ending. If I could at least spoil that. Of course. Without saying too much. I think he's really the only one that does. And he gets it <laughs> from the most depressing <laughs> way possible. We'll hold off on that. Because, <laughs> yes. Well, I wonder if this purpose of the scene is just because so, she's, if her stardom is starting to fade away, and she's just trying to hold on to any of that new blood that she can. Right. Or she's just projecting her lost child onto him. Maybe a little bit of both. Which is, which is pretty, pretty Oedipus fucked up. God, Stevie Wonder. I'm too late now, but. He was looking like Stevie Wonder. <laughs> oh yeah, you're nineteen eighty. Mm, yeah. Uh, Dread bangs. Yep. More Rick James, but a little bit of Stevie. More, Wonder. I'd say yeah, I'd say more Rick James. Poor Rick James imitation. Yep. Hey, more Rick James cocaine. It's Did a hell. It's a hell of a drug. <laughs> It's a hell of a drug. Cocaine is one hell of a drug. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and this is uh, this is what this is when the uh, the hero strays off the path. Yes. Yeah. Here's here's your Jurassic Park scene. <laughs> yeah. Times are changing. The industry is not what it used to be. Mm-hmm. There's this thing called VHS. Oh. Videotape. It's, it's just around the corner. 
But I do like okay, so I'll get this out of the bag. I took a so I took a virtual reality class, um, and I did a paper on basically how the industry is all the porn industry is always the first one in line for new technologies, and I think this is a great indicator of that. And I'm glad again, I applaud PTA for at least going in, encapsulating all of it, and see. And I like this because it's just it's just the contrasting of ideas and ideals, but. The industry is already going in that direction, and it's going for the new technology because they know that's what sells. That's how they're going to make money. That's how they're going to make money. There's not there's not Which enough is, space. And, of course, looking back, it's always funny. It's just like, yep, VHS, that's where real moneymaker is going to go. But, yeah, back then, that's VHS and beta. Yep. There's not enough see, space in the world for jack runners. Yep. Especially when about everybody is about to jump on the the bandwagon, the VHS mm-hmm. bandwagon. Yes, but I like it, it. he's like he's like I got some simple tastes and everything like that, but I just want to make a dollar. Yep, and I think that is the best <laughs> way to put it. It's not about the actors, the actresses, the directors. It's not not about that. It's just about them making money. That's he's a businessman. Mm-hmm. It, it is an interesting relationship because that's something that every industry has is the especially like music it's, it's the, the money man it's the artist for, versus the uh, versus the studios mm-hmm. and uh, it's always that's always a good conflict to have yep because I, you can't do one it's hard it's hard to do one without the other yeah no it's it's a and weird it's always, symbiotic. Always dependent on the money man. Yep, it it is a weird symbiotic relationship. Yeah, very. I like you, you do symbiotic. Yeah, very parasitic. That uh, well, that would that would mean one is directly well taken from the other one, and I I don't think that's the I, case. In a lot of ways, I think for this, it is a big case of that. I mean, um, they go through phases. Of, because, yeah, because of what um, the actors have to do. Oh, I'm saying, oh, I was saying in general. Take, but yeah, I, that, that I, see likeness. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> oh, he just wants to show off his car, and he's like, he's, he's just so anxious and excited. <laughs> oh, for some reason, I always thought it was a gremlin. No, it's not a gremlin. Is it a pinto? Uh, hold on. I don't like got to see it for a second. <laughs> and it, you can see <laughs> the like Corvette like in the background. Yep. <clears throat> what do you say? Aww. Oh. Unrequited love. Again, uh, Hoffman just sells it. Yeah, no. Much better than uh, than uh, Mark Wahlberg, Wahlberg here. Oh, 
Yeah, well, I, I mean, obviously one is a superior actor <laughs> over the other. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> like, leagues ahead. But after I... What really sells is when Dirk leaves and... It's it's everybody bouncing off of Mark Wahlberg in this movie. Yes, he, he plays a really good everyman, I guess. Yes, but then this this part this is what sells it for me. For it just this just cements out how great of an actor he was. Definitely just gonna let this scene play. Yep, you got you, you kind of have to. This is almost as relatable as the the trailer scene in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. Dun, 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 dun. Again, I like I I think this is this even I mean even though there's a few songs up. Uh oh. Here, you know what? Here it is. Probably the best tracking shot in the entire movie. It's it's up there as one of the best tracking shots ever. Ever? It's, I it, think so. Just because it's got so much weight behind it? I think it's got so much weight. It works narratively, and it shows off everything that's going on. Yep. Just well choreographed, um, but it just feels so fluid, and it's awesome. Everybody's getting ready for the photos. Of course, and of course, and of course, the song choice it's just ah. Uh. Lots of lingering shots here. Of course, when you're doing yeah. a tracking shot, but uh, say it's mo it's mostly tracking, but uh. -huh. It is all one shot, but just how everything is just composed in. I don't know what I would do if this happened in my own house during a New Year's Eve party. Well, I hope you wouldn't do what he does. <laughs> well, I'm saying if this happened, if I was doing a party, and this just uh -huh. kind of happened in the background... Because like I don't think anybody realizes it happens for, they don't. It doesn't show that at least. They don't. Well, I think they have a good idea. It has but, been a um, second since I've seen this movie, but um, I'm I have to, I'm trying to remember every everybody. It would be reactions. it would be incredibly awkward, and you'd be mad as hell. But like, I mean, what he does is very. It's like whoa, what the no, you don't do that. <laughs> I mean, so this movie starts in 77, and he was already frustrated. Yes. This is three years later. This is three years later, and it's 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 it just finally got to him. I, I just can't imagine somebody letting it go this far. I'm sure it happens, you know. Well, that's but that's the problem, and he, it just festers so much to the point that he he goes to a point he can't go back to, and it's and it's devastating. But I don't I don't sympathize with it. I can't. I yeah I, I'm I'm just surprised that this character we don't get to know him very well 
we unfortunately. You get those few scenes, but it's enough to kind of set everything in motion. Yeah. And which really, this is just to set the tone. Oh, everyone. No, no, that's when he cuts. No, it's, it's when he's outside. Yeah. Okay, so do, people do react to it. All right. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Then I just it's just eighties. Eighties. That's actually oh man, I didn't remember that. That's a good contract too. Or cutting from that from a scene of actual violence against and then discussion of it. Yeah. That's great. I I think that's that's perfect. Uh, this is uh, the documentary I think that Julian Moore's making. Yes. It's and this. Like... This scene has um, has Roger Webb in it. Mm. The there a song by him. Really fantastic library music if you're into that. <laughs> yeah. And I do like the <laughs> <laughs> I do like the um all little details in this documentary mm-hmm. film too. Especially like the on screen text. Yes. It looks like documentaries of the time, for sure. Yes. Something yeah, you'd see it like a roadshow theater <laughs> quick little documentary on a certain subject. The, oh, that's this, good. this documentary is more compelling or more um not compelling. Uh in line thematically than the actual Jack Horner movies. <laughs> yes. Or are they trying to show off that she's a better filmmaker than him? <laughs> that might be. It might be. <laughs> maybe maybe we're just not realizing PTA's genius here. It, but this is true. Roller <laughs> 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 girl. Just roller girl. <laughs> She doesn't have a name. No. Wears sunglasses inside. Yep. That's how you know oh, it's. If, that, if, that, if that's you know he's he's up. To, he's climbing he's the ladder. Something. He's climbing yep. the ladder. Oh yeah, that and the, yeah. He feels I like say, a star. I say, he's yep. doing drugs like a star. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I, it, it's a good way to showcase. Like yeah, behind there. Yep. Uh, we're not going to see you until a little bit. <laughs> this is that glance over. I do. I really do like this mini documentary. Yes. Again, something that you don't really see about the industry. No. If you will. I like that. <laughs> But it's showing it's showing the fallout between yeah. those two. And I'm it's interesting that it shows it it doesn't show it in the movie or like in the reality. It shows it through the documentary. It shows it through lens. the documentary, yeah. Yeah. Which is a it's very creative way of dirt. showing that relationship deteriorating. Yes. He's always taking off his glasses now. <laughs> 
Again, I think this is his best performance. Ah, <laughs> uh, that shot. Yeah, <laughs> L.A. concrete rivers. Yeah, exactly. He's looking over the. Uh, it's supposed to be that he's looking over into the distance of nature, directed by amber waves. <laughs> but it's just like a crappy concrete. Uh landscape anyway there's a yes. uh, not a movie Ola mm-hmm. I've worked on one of those before one of those boards yeah oh my gosh yeah you don't really see much of those anymore nope, nope. but uh, I, I shot a little 16 millimeter film in college mm-hmm. we got to use one of those those are cool hmm. oh do they have one at the AV department at OU uh, it's in central classroom building or mm. they might it, they might not be there anymore. They might have got rid of them. Because uh, okay. the last year that class was open was uh, the one I took. They <clears throat> they got rid of that class the year after I did it. So yeah, no, they got rid of a lot of stuff there. Uh, but isn't this what uh we learned the fate of the colonel? I believe so. Yep. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> This one, the signs were there, but it's like, uh <laughs> Now you know. And now the uh, now the studio doesn't have a head anymore. Doesn't have no. any leadership. Which, now, like, I assume it wasn't great leadership to begin with, but there's nothing now. And then that's what leads the studio to go down some brutal paths. Yes. But no, this is, I think this is a great Burt Reynolds scene just because it's like, this guy was his friend, like, in Confidant. And oh, yeah. He's like discovering, like, oh my God, this guy's a, a pervert. Like, oh. Uh, he's, he can't no, stand it. Well, he's worse than a pervert. He's a child molester. Well, yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes. That's what I mean. Uh, and he's like, he's just like, by every minute. Uh, yeah, literally all of his, all the little reactions that he's making right here, definitely hallmarks of a great actor. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is where it's like, hey, he's just like, he's what. It's the, the only time I think you see him without a smile on his face. Yeah. Oh, and he's... Uh... Uh, yeah, and this I definitely remember when Bert starts to push the uh, the phone up his face. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely done that before. Yeah, it's like he can't... He cannot believe... Yeah. Were you just listening yes. to somebody tell you something? You're like, oh, crap. <laughs> oh, come on. Uh... <laughs> He's just, no. He just, he, just, he just can't take anymore. Yep. 
I in my in my position or in his position I wouldn't either. If I no. was in his position. You you, you can't I would just, you can't. I just leave. I just You've been uh cast out of society at this point. <laughs> it's time for you to stay behind that glass. <laughs> Now he is the star. Lives. Yep. Now Dirk's Dirk's no longer pulling in the uh Yeah, not much star fame. Movie yeah. star fame, no. Yep. He's <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> cutting up that cake and <laughs> it's just like falling off the side of it. Yes. Come on. There's no Latin lover like me. <laughs> I feel like that's the same exact conversation we had at the pool. <laughs> that's who he is. Unchanging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god. John C. Riley's got the, the, the pink yeah. button down on. Definitely looking very Miami Vice. I almost forgot what happens with their story, too. Uh-oh. Dirk's, Dirk's not getting the screen nope. time that he wanted. Dutch angle. <laughs> oh, very Dutch angle. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the uh, the new star. Yeah. Yeah. That is like it. <laughs> Bert Reynolds just trying to. <laughs> He's just jealous. <laughs> Thomas Jane just looking as. Yep. Fixed. <laughs> Looking very, uh, again, Magnum PI. Yes. Very, almost like a hitman. I was gonna say he's like he's like yeah he's like Magnum PI or Don Johnson, but he's he's the drug dealer. Yep. <laughs> roller girl still has on the roller skates. They they never come off. They never come off. I still, again, haven't, I still haven't figured out how he rolled up his shirt like that. Or a tablecloth or whatever he uses. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know how he does that. But, um, again, when we were talking about uh, how certain decades are represented, and of course, I think, yeah, it goes in line with growing up, and he is just um, literally going down a spiral during the 80s, and I think... And that's like one of the reasons I do like this film is like it just it does not put a positive light on on the eighties. It's perfect. I whereas you watch... you said you were saying that earlier. Yeah, I don't know many films that have a negative look at the eighties. Not not no American ones I can think of at the very least. None none that are modern. unless they were made unless they were made in the eighties. Oh, he's yeah. doing too many drugs. 
You lost it. You lost it. Again, here's the, another mirror scene. Yeah, another mirror scene. Take a, take a drink of water. Take a drink. <laughs> it's a little bit on the nose for PTA, I think. I think it is too. Again, but this is this is probably his most his movie most structure to it. Yep. Which doesn't bother me, you know. That gives it some gives it some charisma. Gives it something to connect to. <laughs> anyway, my favorite line is coming up here soon. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse <laughs> Riley <laughs> just jumps in there. in there. Uh, everybody's about to get Bruce Lee on each other. Yes. <laughs> yeah, man, he's just hanging out in the background, isn't he? Yeah. Yep, yep. Here goes the here goes the little Oedipus there. <laughs> yep. Uh oh. But yeah, just basically mirrors the scene with his mom in the beginning. Yep. Yep. Is it the people around him or is it just him? Yeah. <laughs> We're out of here. That's actually a really good shot. It was. Yeah. <laughs> just... Everybody's kind of stunned. I, I, I mean, that was your star for a long time. Yep. Just walked off set. Here we go. Oh, so wait, do we miss your Ricky J? I when he what? says, "Yeah, we just keep shooting." It's it's yeah. It's video. We just keep shooting. Hmm. Which is completely different from earlier, as you saw. The film runs out. Of... Yep. Runs out between mags. Between mags, which VHS does too, but you can always just tape over it. So normally, yep, when you're filming, a... you just roll the tape back and film over again. So you didn't yep, have to get that precision a... like you needed to in the '70s. True. But uh, uh, yeah, uh... here's the uh, Mark Wahlberg's rendition of Stan Bush's "The Touch." A song that wouldn't come out till for another three years for the Transformers movie. Yep. 1985, and this is still 1982. It's 83 now. It's 83. It's a yeah, January so. 83 early on. 
but it's it's kind of you know. I was actually really listening to the Transformers soundtrack. Uh, there's actually oh. some good ones in there. I do, and I do like the Stan Bush touch. Dude, we used to play that parties. Maybe that'll be our next one. Is a uh, Transformers the movie. Transformers movie. It's a surprisingly dark movie. I've never seen it, so maybe really? put it on the list. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not, I was list. not a Transformers kid. It's perfect. I love this. They just they just keep doing drugs and trying to get it right. Yep. <laughs> and as I was saying earlier. Uh, we don't have the cultural context, but Marky Mark was still known as a as a rap artist at the time. Right. That was his biggest claim to fame. He wasn't an actor yet. So to have this kind of scene, it's it's very meta. I mean, he was kind of an actor. He was in, like, Basketball Diaries and um, small roles here and there. But, like, yeah, you're right. Like, his biggest claim to fame was, yeah, he, if you want to call him a hip-hop artist. He is a hip-hop artist, I guess. As much as Vanilla Ice was a hip hop artist, yes, for bad or bad, bad or worse, <laughs> bad or worse, yeah. But yeah, this is definitely one of the better scenes of the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I could have accepted these as the comedic scenes rather than the seventies uh, film scenes. Yes. Hard to say though, since I enjoy <laughs> this one so much. Oh, now they got the new now, money man in the background. Now you got a new money man. Mm-hmm. Maybe so he had like a hand on putting him in in, in jail. Hmm. Mm. Hey, roll is that gonna be your? Is that gonna be your Reddit thread? That's gonna be my uh, my conspiracy theory. <laughs> Why Philip Baker Hall took down the Colonel? Yep, <laughs> secretly, <laughs> and none of you other film novices noticed it. Exactly. <laughs> Why not? He's taken out a competitor. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I do feel bad for Don here. He's just trying to be an honest man. And they won't accept him because of his previous employment. Here it is. Here it is. Just throwing the VHS tapes in there. We don't care. We just keep rolling. Oh, there was your line. There it is. Yay. This is just video. We just if we shoot and then we do it later. Yep. Yep. That just tells you the mentality that the uh, that the filmmakers were going through at that point. Yes. You don't have to be careful. It just everything looks terrible. Oh, mm-hmm. God. These VHS stuff look god awful. God, terrible. Rock harders. (laughs) (laughs) Now, see, it would make sense if it looked like a like a fifth grader made those videos, because that'd be at the Scorsese showing. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so much energy in these scenes. I mean, obviously because of cocaine, but. Again, it gets you. It just kind of gets you going. The the yes. quick cuts get you into the quick cuts. Quick cuts, no continuity. Just get it in the picture. Get it in there. Just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> this cocaine. Yeah, it's cocaine, man. 
but that's that's a, I love that about his character. He is great at just delivering it. He's a great salesman. Yep. But his past is just that's what all they see. Yep. That's why something else, and he's trying to do something else. That's why I kind of wish we had. Uh, did he have a quick line in there where he, he said how he started or why he started? No, I don't think you really got that. I all, like all you really get is that he he's just a fast talker. He knows how to sell, um, but then something always manages to undercut it. With I, in in the record shop, it's his love for country music. For this in the bank scene, it's his past as a porn star. I I just I think it'd help his arc a little bit more if we knew that he was doing he was doing these films on the side for money, or like he was. Yeah. Or maybe his sister was in the hospital. I don't know something. So that it, I don't know. I feel like there'd be more emotional resonance with him trying to get a job if we knew why he was uh, in adult films in the first place. That's just me, though. It's a very slight, slight nick on the film. <laughs> I like that. That's a. That's a, that's not an M Y P your problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh he really sells that I was, I was gonna say we, we've said it two or three times already anytime think, he's on screen it's just it's awesome I think we're gonna say that about every time John C. Riley or Phyllis Hugo Hoffman they are in aside from of course Burt Reynolds and Julianne Moore I feel like they are the next best actors if not the best actors in this movie they're definitely in a league of their own in some of these yes. scenes no without a doubt no, but this is this is it's it, this is a nice little contrast to the uh, you know getting clothes and stuff montage. This is just the montage of everybody like just spiraling out of control, yep. and just giving into their worst habits. With with the exception of uh, Don Cheadle, right? He's he's the only one trying to improve himself. Yes. Well, I guess Dirk Diggler is in tr- is trying to uh, improve himself as well. well. He's... <laughs> Just in the wrong way. In the wrong way. And he's doing it out of out of uh, yeah. ego, not trying to better himself, which is the key difference. Yes. Again, it's it's a great it's a great motivation that's very um It's just the difference between the two of them. The yes. the different men- mentalities. Yeah, it's the different mentalities, and it's the again, it's a nice take on the uh, on the hero's journey. Yep. Of again, it's, it's he's 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 on a quest of greatness, but like he's he's the one he's his own antagonist almost. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Once the fame starts getting to him. Mm-hmm. Ah, this yeah, I uh... this. it's like ah, uh, this this bank guy's a prick. I. Man, but he's a bank guy. Would you give a loan to somebody like this? Well, the reason he gives is bullshit. Well, I mean, as a as a bank, I mean, when you're when you're giving somebody a loan, that is reflective of you. Mm-hmm. You know, you you get penalized but, if you if you give out bad loans. So it it makes sense but, to me. A little bit. Well, in that sense, but he's giving it on the sense solely because of 
his past as one thing. He didn't do anything criminal. He was just he was working. You know, that's that's my take. The guy is just too. It was too simple minded in his viewings of that. That's that's what I'm saying. It was though. It was illegal for a little bit, but not during then. It's it. This is the '80s now. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The '80s became a little bit more. This is Reagan. Literally evangelical. Yes. So, I, you know, it's also reflective of the bank at that time too. If you Mm -hmm. give out loans to, you know, that's a bad image for the bank. If you give, if you're giving out loads, which you don't know, if you don't know him, you know, he's a good guy, but if you Mm -hmm. just know him from his past as a, as an actor in adult films and which I understand it, it does suck. And that's why it's an interesting art for him. Yeah, it is an interesting art. And it's, it's just like, I'm invested in that character and I just feel bad that the guy's only singling him out. Yep. For acting. Here's here's another difference. Uh, he's walking through rows and rows of VHS tapes. Oh yeah. You're not sending this off to the uh, to the theaters anymore. Nope. So. Again, theaters were pretty much obsolete at this point. Yep. And you're not. Those specific theaters. You're not going to go out in the public, <laughs> for to a theater anymore for something like this when you can get it privately. That's a big so change. Can't, can't recreate. Taxi driver. I like that. What it is, what it is. Yep. So I can't have a taxi driver scene anymore. <laughs> and it just immediately walks out. Up and yep, there's of course you only got little bits of arc in this about this side of her life. Yeah. Um I don't know if it if it if it's just me. Sometimes it feels like it is a little shoehorn, but they kind of get away with it because they gave subtle hints to it in the beginning. Yep, I think it's just uh, there's so many different characters. Yes, I mean this is an ensemble. Yep, this the, but he's, I wouldn't say he's the he's the main character. He's oh, just Reagan. <laughs> yeah, sorry, go ahead. But uh, no, I'd say like he's. I'd say the industry itself is the character. And it's just the characters that inhabit that world. Yep, that is very true. So so you get that basically this movie is just a collection of glimpses into their personal lives. Um, Yeah, I haven't really thought of it like that. That's definitely what it is, though. Mm Mm-hmm. More, uh, more like connected vignettes or episodes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I feel the the eighties part definitely feels more episodic, and I think that's just because they're all doing different things. Because yeah, you get like the first act and of the you know Dirk Diggler's rise, right? And then nineteen eighty rolls around, and then you just see the downward spiral of everybody's lives. Yep. From then on, throughout, you get a little glimpse of hopefulness uh, towards the end. Once it starts to get to that denouement, but I mean everything before it's just it's just depressing. Like I say, this is like most brightly shot, depressing movies I've seen. It's it gets dark. Mm -hmm. It's gonna get real dark. 
so I, I, I do sympathize, but at the same time, she is, she is like surrounded her drugs. So it's kind of shown not the best fit. Yeah. I, again, yeah, if you're doing drugs all the time, I don't know if you should be in custody of anyone, <laughs> <laughs> which is a little sad. Um, it's how things go though. Again, yep. Just watching this, it, uh, watching this it's, scene. It's heartbreaking, and Julianne Moore. I, 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 I can't. I, I always have to go back and just say, like, it's great performances. This is when everybody seemed to be on a roll, too. Yes. So maybe it, I, there might have been a little bit of, you know, lightning in a bottle with this movie. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't go full on agreement with that, but at the same time, there are there's just so many elements that um I really appreciate. Yeah. Um, just oh god. You, you just want, oh here we go. Oh, <laughs> uh, not the limo scene. I <laughs> and it's so, and it's sad because you know it happened at some point. Easily. I, there's a yeah. there's a best of the worst uh, episode. It's one of the very first ones from Red Letter Media, where mm -hmm. it's a uh, candid camera. Really? Uh, yeah, candid camera adult films where they got you know the hidden camera and, or supposedly quote unquote hidden camera and they're doing pranks. Yeah, yeah, just a very uh, voyeuristic. Yeah, and it is Ugh. so skeevy. Yes. If there is anything that is uh, usually synonymous uh, with the porn industry, and it's skeevy being one of them, yeah, and this is really the only moment in the movie that feels that feels like that, or it feels, that feels exploitative. Like that. Yes, very much so. Um, oh, and I forgot. That's right. It cross cuts with the yes, yeah. Dirk's uh, literally selling himself. Yep. Kind of like he was in the beginning, but now it's more out of desperation. I was going to say, it's definitely a desperate, desperate plea. Both know oh, each I, other. Yep. And all, I was going to say, and it's a great little frame shot because big giant church in the background is. Yep. <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a great tie in for how this scene ends, too. Wow. I, I'm. I'm watching this and noticing things so many different things <laughs> it's almost like pta is a good director or something <laughs> it's like this guy knows what he's doing <laughs> not like that he's you just get the little light flare across it. Exactly. Disheveled yeah. and gross, and he's just trying to clinch on to that one little bit of fame he has, and it's gone. It's gone. This at guy this doesn't point. care. Yep. And I do like how this is very, very noticeably VHS. Yes. It is very poor, poor quality tapes. A lot of ghosting going on. Yes. 
Oh, and oh, and we didn't really talk about the score that much because it's mostly it's it's mostly a best of seventies eighties playlist. Yep, there is a score, and uh, this game just really sets off all the ominous red flags. It, this <laughs> is when I think of the Boogie Nights, just score. It is this yeah. song where it's just it's all it's just not like a bell, but it's mm-hmm. very it's a very consistent tone. Yes, it's almost like. Um, I mean, it, it, it kind it of fades kind of into the background, it. but it... Yes. But it's there. It's you there. Hear it, and it's just, it's just setting off. Just setting up for... Like, ugh. Something bad's going to happen. Which I would say... And we'll talk about... Um, I know we've been talking about how much we like the soundtrack, but we haven't really discussed about how the soundtrack itself plays in to the movie... Um, All right. As yeah. setting up the scene, and I think we should reserve that for uh, Sister Christian. First, yeah, because um, I think that is probably when that is the ultimate. But this is sideburns from the beginning. This is yeah. I what are the odds, by the way? And you learn her name. It's not really girl. It's yeah. Randy. Uh oh. But she recognizes him, and it's uh. Again, what are what are the odds? Yeah. But no, Heather Graham, just that little split second shot of her, just like, uh, uh that's of great. All the people to run into. Oh. <laughs> of all the limousines, he had to walk into mine. Yep. <laughs> So I don't know why Dirk Diggler is doing this. I guess he's just uh, he's trying to, he's he's trying trying to get money. money. Desperate for money. Yeah. Just desperate for cash. Just desperate for drugs. And when you're addicted, I guess you get uh, like that. Yeah. And Burt Reynolds' uh, ADR in this uh, just kind of also helps sell that. Yeah. Just how just awful this is. Hey man, could you give me like a picture or something? Uh, I got nothing over yeah. here. A little brutal. Again, uh, no words for this, man. This is absolutely no. I yeah. Ugh. Sometimes I mean, like I, I just, I just feel too. And I can't, I can't do. This. It's pretty brutal. It's it's a hard one to watch. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like the, the limo driver. <laughs> the, like... the limo driver, yeah, turns around. That's how you know it's bad when the limo driver turns around. Yeah. Oh. Oh, he's even wearing a varsity jacket. Oh man, helps sell it a little bit more that this is the same guy from earlier. But uh, this is what throws him off the edge to go beat the shit out of this guy. Yeah, just, just, just don't yeah. Fuck now. 
Not good though. Not... Yeah. Of course, that's where the, the, the Jesus imagery comes into play now. Yeah. <laughs> God, you can't just... Oh. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, and then, of course, there's this part. Oh my god. It's like, in that sense, it's kind of cathartic. Yeah. <laughs> I would be done with the industry after this, though. Yeah. I, I, you know. If I was Jack Horner, I would be done with the industry. Oh, I... I'd be like, no, we're not if doing I had that. I agree to do something like it, even getting in the limo. Yeah. Uh, have one of my stars do something like that i'd be like no we're not doing that that is just no you're you're a self-respecting you know film yeah. director at one point i guess it just shows you how far people went to make a buck uh well again that that, that harkens back to phil baker hall's line he's like i don't care yeah i just want to make money that's all i care about just making money Ah, what are the odds? The one road in all of L.A. <laughs> yeah. And there goes Don. Yeah. Oh, man. They all happen after, after all, the other, don't they? They all interconnect. Which I guess is, it might be possible if you're all still in L.A. Right? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, do you know how big L.A. is? It's a big place. It's a big place. <laughs> the odds are slim. Yes. Aww. Aww. I can't believe they <laughs> stood together after that night when somebody committed a double homicide. Yeah. Found love in a hopeless place. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. But I'm always, I'm always curious. This scene <laughs> makes, like, who just out of, I mean, probably a desperate man too, but who robs a donut shop? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like Pulp, pulp Fiction. You yeah. Know, people never Nobody... think about. <laughs> Robbing donut shops. <laughs> Robbing donut shops? They'll never even think about that. <laughs> yes. Again, there's your, there's your other. Kind of Tarantino. There's another Tarantino reference. <laughs> Parallel. But again, he's. I just like. I just like his character. He's just. He's just affable and he's just nice. Yep. Just a smooth talker. Helps when you're a salesman. Yeah.
Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, <laughs> could you get could you get more eighties conservative man outdoorsman? <laughs> oh yeah, just sitting over there. I love the nonchalance this it, guy has. Oh yeah. <laughs> Man, this do donut shop pulls. I was gonna say that's quite. So oh my god, he's got a magnum. Oh well, not a magnum. Probably three fifty-seven. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, how are the how are the odds? Yeah, Mike, that is. <laughs> Again, it feels like a Quentin Tarantino. Seen a that bit, that is, very I was gonna quick. say that is like very like, I mean, come on, how how oh, I just shot Marvin in the face. Can you get than this? Right, and then just of course, like yeah, his luck strikes literally at the worst moment, and then he's got his wife in the car who probably just heard all that. Well, he's definitely going to walk out to that car covered in blood. So, if she didn't hear it, she's going to figure out real quick. Yeah. Long way down. One last thing. So, Act 3. That is the end of Act 2 there. <laughs> yep. Characters oh, are at their lowest point. <laughs> that they're taking Thomas Jane's advice. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I just love... He, he just goes full on crazy in, <laughs> in, this whole, in this entire sequence. Well, this is, uh, I mean, he's desperate for drugs. Mm-hmm. But I like it. What was that? I mean, no, I was like, I, I keep forgetting that Reed is either, or Philip Seymour is, like, the only one, like, guys, you're insane. <laughs> 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 Boom! Right there. Oh, he just makes it so easy. Sounds so easy, right? <laughs> We're just gonna get in, get out. Yeah, it was like John C. Riley's just like, oh, come on, but you got all this, man. You sure? Poor Scotty. Poor Scotty. Oh, they take the Corvette. Yeah, yeah, they're all like smushed in the Corvette. <laughs> it's been, it's all dented, beat up. Again. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't imagine oh man again it's feels very real though yes <laughs> I, don't, I don't know it's like i can imagine this happening in the 80s like you, you just read this in a news article like this would be like a crime op-ed yeah story yeah. um but it's it's just it's so procedural and the tension's there and it only builds up as soon as you hear night ranger yeah <laughs> 
and probably and this is like a this is a great Alfred Molina role too. And he's only in it for like a minute. He's all yeah, he's only in it for about fifteen minutes or so. <laughs> yeah. And he's and he's scary. Yeah, when is uh when's Doc Ock? When's that role? It's like, that's him, that's Alfred Molina. No no, um this is ninety seven. When's Spider Man two? Oh, uh two thousand two thousand four. Three, two thousand four. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like the the one kid is just like throwing off cherry, cherry bombs. bombs. Yeah. And each one just like it's like talk about ticking bomb and obscene. But it's of course, yeah. Smoky. Yeah. Set the mood. But of course there's uh Sister Christian playing in the background. And I just like he's he's never like perturbed by any of the cherry bombs going off and they each react to each one. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> See, it's great. Like he doesn't even move a muscle. <laughs> this <laughs> you can tell how nervous they are just from that alone yep and how they've probably uh they've never done anything like this so any, no any kind of pop like that is gonna send you off yep yeah <laughs> like they're all <laughs> like i wonder if if that was just all in uh like they're not it doesn't feel scripted like each pop going off like, the only one who doesn't react to them is Alfred, and it's perfect. Oh, yeah. Little glimpses of character there. Yes. Like, he's just totally high off his mind, or he's just that... Just that, uh, sane to violence. Yeah. Which just... It just it just sets you everything off all on ease. Well, as a drug dealer, mm-hmm. I would assume that he'd be somewhat familiar with it. <laughs> And they they uh, get a quick glimpse of that gun. So yep. I know this and shit's gonna he, get crazy. And he's smoking crack. Yeah. <laughs> That's there's our eighties power drug. But yeah, I would say this is the best music moment in the movie. It's definitely the most uh... Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Uh oh, count it out now, or not count it out, measuring it out yeah. now. Miss, just why, why is this kid doing this? Yeah, I don't know. He's so bored. He's just throwing cherry bombs over just everywhere. Yes. Get that kid a Nintendo. Not yet. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but it, it's it's just great. Like Todd and Albert Molino just like out crazying each other. It's great. <laughs> oh yeah, no, dude. I'm just totally I'm totally drawn in at this point. Yes. <laughs> now, but you hear Alfred Molina set to star in the new Spider-Man movie? As Doc Ock? Yeah, I think so. 
Oh my god. That's pretty funny, actually. Yeah. Well, it, no, it's supposed to be... Uh... It's like a, uh, a spider... This, this is not like related to Boogie Nights. I know it's not, but it's... Alfred <laughs> it is Alfred Molina related. He's a great actor. Yes. Even in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh yeah, where he shows up for uh, five minutes. Yeah. I love this. <laughs> there it goes, going the other other direction. Cosmo. <laughs> <laughs> God, you know you're just nuts when you have a lighter like that. Oh, I know. Oh, did they just reuse the same shot? <laughs> I don't... We'd have to play them back-to-back. I don't think so, yeah. though. Oh, I just realized the Cosmo's wearing a Rick Springfield shirt. Oh, my goodness. That was his time. <laughs> He's a buddy of mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'd believe it. And then you can just see all the little characters right there where they're on the couch. Where yes. Dirk Diggler is looking away, just trying to like fade into the couch. Yes. And John C. Riley is like trying to make the most of it, but he's <laughs> obviously incredibly scared. Yes, like out of his wits. And then, uh, and then on the part, just like yeah, Thomas lambasted. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm like I can't, I can't talk too much during this scene. There's just so much going on i know it's like trying to talk during a the bar scene and uh yeah and tarantino's yeah and inglorious yeah glorious it's good it's good tension mark Wahlberg acting <laughs> but this is i totally believe this where he's just like starting to become disconnected yeah this is where he starts slowly realizing what situation he's in It's, it's, time, it's time for us to get out of here. Yeah. And of course, Bull is in on him. We're not leaving yet. Yep. Oh my god. He's just. Slow zoom in. <laughs> Again, we're both just kind of waiting. Yeah, this is this is the point where PTA definitely did a good job of building the tension here. Yep. Don't <laughs> jump behind the bar, quick. Yep, you get your little sh Tarantino shootout scene. <laughs> there it is. Yep. Oh, 99 loof balloons. 
the mixtape continues. Yes. Awesome mix <laughs> volume. That's where uh, James Gunn got it from. Exactly. <laughs> it's a reference to Boogie Nights. I could believe it. I wouldn't be surprised if they have Sister Christian in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Come on, you puppies! <laughs> Yeah, you're not getting out of that one. Nope. Oh. <laughs> they're just, just... just pushing the car down. They're skating on it. John C. Riley's like, yeah, time to break out. Yep. We're running through the neighborhood now. What's it? Is that the last you see of him, too? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He just runs into the Hollywood Hills, literally. Yep. Never <laughs> to be seen again. <laughs> oh my god, if you... Again, just how grounded this film is, that really feels <laughs> like something that could happen. Yes. I mean, that scene alone is kind of surreal with with the cherry bombs going off and everything like that but you're you're right it, it's just <laughs> it is it is very i don't know and i think it's just because the rest of the movie is so grounded too mm-hmm. again it's just little glimpses if if i compare it to to uh, inherent vice the most realistic scene in that is when the uh the the pi is trying to uncuff himself because <laughs> yes. cause he's about to get all you know hopped mm-hmm. up with drugs yep. and it's like oh my wait a second this turned into a real film for a second <laughs> you know man I think I need to rewatch Inherent Vice I, I think that was like one of the few movies I went and saw in theaters and I fell asleep yeah no it's easy to do that during that movie mhm I haven't really rewatched it much because uh, again it's it's a cool aesthetic it's PTA and uh, it's like, and I actually really like Josh Brolin in that one. Exactly. Yeah, uh, Josh Brolin's awesome. Is it? It was Bear. Or what was his nickname in that one? I'm not sure. He was the cop. That's all I. Can, yeah. That's all I really <laughs> that's remember. Yeah, remember. Yeah. Like he's the HR Haldeman <laughs> conservative cop. <laughs> yep. As he eats just a bunch of weed. Just, oh, just well, eats it. I thought you were going to talk about the the chocolate banana popsicles. But I like the scene. You don't even see Jack. Yeah. You just see. So it kind of mirrors it for Ray Liotta, Paul Servino scene and near the end of Goodfellas. Right. And a couple more details. He's got like, he's got scruff on him now. Mm-hmm. Where earlier in the movie, oh, he, he had like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. He just looks. He just looks like a loser, and oh, he he just he just gives him a because they both reached a low point. They both reached their low points. Definitely, it's it's great. Yep, and she gets to be her 
She gets to be a mom again. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's true. She doesn't feel like wanting to be a mom when when Dirk's there. Yeah. Now have you have you seen Heart Eight? No. Oh. Oh, we get. <laughs> Here's the hip hop story. <laughs> he got his store. Yes, it's perfect, and he and he go, takes on the hip hop image. Yep, <laughs> it's great. Well, he didn't have hip hop before this. Yeah, all he had was country. Yeah, but I like it. She becomes a director. Yep. And Roller Girl gets her GED. I was gonna say she's got to be in college or something, right? She doesn't go back to high school. Well, I I don't think she finished high school. No, she, I think it's a play. Oh, that she <laughs> yes. He's still getting beat up in jail. Uh, good. <laughs> Everybody kind of gets. It's like the ending they deserve. Yeah. You know. He opens up a new club with his brothers. <laughs> the Latin <laughs> Lover Brothers. <laughs> it's very 80s looking with all the yes. uh, neon. Mm-hmm. That no looks like the same Dirk Diggler neon. It does. It looks a little yeah. similar. <laughs> and he becomes Ricky Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we do see him again. Yes, we do. Okay, yeah, you're right. Very briefly. Whoa! <laughs> 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 oh my goodness! It's a sexy lady. Naughty, naughty candy. Oh. <laughs> kind of cliche that they're using uh god only knows why yep a little bit yeah <laughs> they got reed filming it <laughs> don't watch that kid or don't watch that tape when you're older kid oh he probably will in the fifth grade Ooh. just like the rest of the kids in his class Rebuilding the set, mm-hmm. trying to come back for one more good, one more good movie. One, one last round. And we got another tracking shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get one more tracking shot, and we get one more mirror shot. Yep, to round out the movie. Yes. <laughs> kind of looks like the the place that we stayed at in Holland. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Again, that. Oh, we got the little little kid in there. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. I'm going to piss in the pool. Yep. Ah, uh, love that tracksuit. <laughs> very Adidas. Very Adidas. Yes. I want mellow. Everybody, everybody comes back together and tries to get. Yeah, uh, picture to get to of the. Oh yeah, William H Macy. Here's William H Macy. <laughs> I don't know if I want a painting of the guy who did a murder suicide in my house though. Yeah. I'd it'd be tough. Like it'd be tough to get around that. Yeah. <laughs> Even if he was a good DP or whoever he was, I think he was a screenwriter. Oh, okay. No, Ricky Ricky Jay's the DP. Okay, I figured that he was. Mm-hmm. I knew that he was just like sitting around on set. That William H yeah. Macy. So yeah, he he was like giving a lot. He was basically like almost like the mouthpiece for uh, Jack. Well, I could see why they were close then. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess there was. There's two mirror shots. <laughs> we got left. Oh yeah, she doesn't normally get one. Oh, yep. Yeah. Another. Uh, now it's Don Juan. As we, I was gonna say, this is the. Uh, this is your. Uh, uh, PTA, your Scorsese showing again. Yep. <laughs> Honestly, if there's anybody who could do a, a good a scoop. A good Scorsese film that's not Scorsese, probably PTA. Uh, sorry, David O. Russell, but no, no. <laughs> as much as you want to. Uh, between the two, definitely. Yeah. Not like there's much of a competition, though. <laughs> no. But um, that that might just be us, you know. That might be just be us. I think uh, no, I think PTA is a great film. His own, um, and this movie has his signature flair to it like even like if you've even seen heart eight he actually does have like some good but there's a lot of scorsese inspired with this that might be um, why we like it so much i think so too because i mean i'll i'll watch the master i think great performances story isn't there for me i'm not totally invested in it um same with inherent vice i can't can't stay awake and that's probably why to this day i still haven't Attempted to watch uh, Fan Thread, and I'm not, I don't know. Is he? I, th- I think he's supposed to be coming out with the movie this year. Huh. Well, I'll definitely keep my eyes open for it. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. though I, I probably won't enjoy it like I haven't enjoyed a couple of his movies but, recently. But hey, here's, here's the, the here's the, the prosthetic limb. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> plastic. Who's the boss? Who's the boss? boss. Who's the boss? Who's the boss? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the boss. We said that a couple times. Oh, get to end on yellow. Yeah, well, like he's got the whole Don Johnson get up. It's going into the later part of the '80s. Yep. Miami Vice is now out. Yeah. The '80s have become the '80s. Dun, dun, dun. And there you and have that's it. That's it. So, closing thoughts. I, yeah, closing thoughts. Um, <laughs> it's it's PTA's best attempt at a Scorsese film. That's like, that's my thing. Um, performance all around, they're great. Uh, 
Reynolds is just exceptionally good. Uh, you could see the beginnings of Philip Seymour Hoffman really solidifying his craft and how that will eventually transcend into what many people. I don't. I don't know if I'm really there. Maybe looking. Maybe in a few years or now, maybe I will. Cements like Philip Seymour Hoffman considered to be like one of the greatest actors. Uh, and then, of course, John C. Riley. I can't get enough of him. And of course, this is really the only Mark Wahlberg I can stand him in. <laughs> yeah, because he fits. Definitely, he's he plays a really good everyman in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, of course, Julianne Moore, really great. Um, and then Don Cheadle. I'm like, I like that he's the only one that really gets a, a happy ending. <laughs> yep. And uh, Burt Reynolds, obviously one of his better performances in his Twilight years. Oh yeah, yep. I I would say probably his best has his best role in his entire career. Um, I'm really close to agreeing with you there. Really close. I don't I don't really plan on watching Deliverance anytime soon. Not because it's a bad movie, just because that's a kind of a tough watch. Then again, we just watched a movie that is kind of a tough. This yeah. This has, I mean. As much as I remember them, I always forget the impact it has. Again, I think this is this is the darkest, brightest film I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um, yeah, I haven't seen Midsommar, but I don't plan to. But at the same time, I think that thematically this is a very dark film. Um, but it's just shot so brightly, and that first act and a half just feels so optimistic that once everything does start to spiral, you actually feel it. You do, yeah. I, and I think and that contrast... It, the, the weight of it, yeah, the weight of it really, really hits hard. Definitely the contrast helps sell that, too. Mm-hmm. You can't have no. the you can't have the lows without the highs. <laughs> yeah, that should have been the tagline. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you just can't always get it up. Yeah, man, there you go. There's a good pun. <laughs> We were missing one this entire movie. Now we finally we got one. Finally got one at the tail end. I finally come up. <laughs> oh man, no, but uh, uh, it's I I don't know if this is a big rewatchability one because I think the last time I saw this movie was with three or four years ago. Ah <laughs> uh, man, well I I haven't seen it because I just don't have a easily accessible way to watch it till recently mm-hmm. so well, and i think that's kind of a good reason why we did this one and i think i guess i could have mentioned this at the beginning Maybe put it on the tagline description but uh but you can if you have hulu watch it on hulu oh right um, and yeah. i think that maybe, maybe we should keep in mind of that of like something that people can find more access to you know it's like you could be like hidden gems that you may have <laughs> um it's it's hard to say because the um, I mean just rights change so frequently nowadays. True, yes. But no, I I would I would suggest this movie. Um, I think it's a good break, way to break into uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, I still I really like this movie, but I think I think Hard Eight and uh, Magnolia are probably my favorites of his. Um. But no, this is still still a good film. I I think if you just want to get into to movies in general, yeah, this is very interesting as well because you you see a little bit of the the changing technologies. Yes, um, 
I mean, well, that's kind of just the big thing is just like everything changes, not for the better of you. Yep. Um. So, no, I again, I'm not, I'm not a diehard PTA film, but I can certainly respect his craft. Um, he he knows how to make a movie. <laughs> he he really does. If we cannot fault him for that, he definitely knows how. No. To make a movie. He again, like <laughs> he has some interesting shot choices. Um, in movies that just get mass produced today, so you got you gotta applaud that. And I know help do. we really um, gotta we really gotta hold on to the filmmakers that we still that we still have. <laughs> the the few auteurs left. Yeah, I mean, hey, that was a big theme in this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, just auteurism in general. Yep. Um, how things can get in the way of that. That they, they they disrespect the image just because they want to make a quick buck, and you see a lot of that now. Of course, I'm not always going to be criticizing superhero movies and stuff like that because I think there can be interesting things out of them. But at the same time, it those things are just bred out of a big giant cash cow, and now I'm coming off cynical. Listen to, I was gonna say they this rant. <laughs> That's uh... this is even a guy who loves Marvel. He's talking to a guy who we have to force to take to to see them uh, yes definitely <laughs> I'm not the biggest comic book movie fan no um, but I, I definitely yeah I see the parallels a little bit here where mm-hmm. just things start becoming routine and they get sloppy um, yes no I, I actually and I do get agree like there's a great shot of just walking towards Ricky J through the halls of just vh shelves of vhs tapes yes just how much they could pump out and it's just so it's just shot so uncinematically he's just walking through it and enrique j just delivers that it's what it is is what it is yep it's it's a little it's a little sad Mm -hmm. so we're we're rambling a little bit (laughs) we are rambling but uh i guess my final you were a big Burt Reynolds fan growing up as a kid, and you kind of want to see him in something else, and uh, or if you just want to kind of see a, a movie on a topic that's not really discussed a lot enough. Um, hidden, maybe, hidden in the shadows. Maybe, maybe hidden. Maybe this be the one to open up that conversation. I don't know. Um, Definitely. Four, De- four to four. <laughs> Definitely three, three and a half out of four. Definitely the best movie made on the industry. Yeah, I can't think of another one. Um, I could think of one with maybe Luke Wilson, but the title escapes me. Well, it's not Boogie Nights, so it doesn't no, count. No, it's not Boogie Nights. <laughs> it doesn't count. So that was it. That was Doug and Jerm watch a movie and talk over it. <laughs> I'll think of a better name one of these days. We probably will. Uh, Grand Loon presents two two skinny white guys who went to film school and are now just talking about movies they wish to make. Just like all the other ones. Bye! <laughs> Bye! <laughs>